Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Awesome in Seattle podcast. This is your host, Christian Nossum of the Awesome Nossum Group at Wilson Realty. Before we get started, I just want to say Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Happy New Year. Uh, this is our first episode of the year. And if you've been listening to us at all for the last three years, you know what that means. And that means it's time for our annual year in review episode, where we take a look at what happened in this last year in real estate both in Seattle and nationally. Uh, we will go over interest rates, home prices, the recession, and how much the market changed over the past year, which was a lot. Uh, more than it has since we started this podcast. That is 100% true. It's it's crazy what has been going on this last, this last six months, really, year to mm-hmm. nine months or so. What we won't be covering on this episode are what our predictions are for 2023. And we're not going to do that because that's our next episode. We do that every mm-hmm. year as well, where we all kind of put our minds together and say what we see. And we also, on that episode, we will be kind of going over all of the expert, quote unquote, uh, predictions as well. So that, you know, you can get that all in one spot. You don't have to go read all these articles. We'll just kind of combine them all for you and then give you, give you our insights as well. So that's for our next one. But before we get started, I need to welcome my amazing co-host, the awesome Reed Watson. That's me. Hello. 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 Thank you for joining me on this one. (laughs) Thank you for having me. All right. So this year was a big one, as we Mm -hmm. just said. And we really kind of struggled on how to best describe this last year. So I think the easiest way to do it is kind of in chronological order and really go over the events as they happened throughout the year and what effects they had on the market. Yep. So let's just let's just start with that. Absolutely. So let's we're going to start out with what we're going to call sort of the pandemic market, which mm-hmm. was from January through about April. And that's just where the market was incredibly strong, uh, similar to what we've been seeing since 2020 when COVID set in. So the market was very strong and competitive January through April. We were seeing multiple offers on homes. In a lot of cases, many, many, many offers on homes. Yeah. And supply was less than one month. So homes stayed on the market for about five days, which would have been most likely far less. But in these competitive situations, many sellers were setting off for review dates. And so that artificially inflated that five-day number just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And on average, homes in the Seattle area were going for around 109.3% of the asking price, meaning 9.3% over the asking price on average in March. Yeah, which is crazy that yeah. every house on average was selling for 9.3% more than what the mm-hmm. asking price was. That's crazy. Yeah, and this is probably one of the craziest statistics that we pulled. Prices in February of 2022, the median price was $755,000. And in March, it was 865000 with a high in May of 875000 So that's a huge jump from yeah. February to March. For one month, the median sale price in Seattle for condos and residential homes went up $110,000 in one month. Yeah. Insane. And so 
crazy. We had that high of 875,000 in May. The national record high didn't happen until June, and that high was $413,800, according to the National Association of Realtors. Yeah, and so that was nationally, yeah. Absolutely. And a huge part of why this market was so strong, why we we're seeing these price increases, was that interest rates were low. During this January through April period, they were generally in the in the three percents, which compared to where we are at now is very low. And that was kind of driving the market to be so competitive. Yep. All right. So the next time frame that we are going to discuss is kind of the April, May, June time frame. And that is what we're referring to as the mortgage rate shock time frame. To stimulate the economy in a crisis and spur employment, the Fed increases the amount of money in circulation by purchasing bonds or lowering interest rates to make debt more appealing. And the Fed did this in a big way to counteract the economic fallout from the pandemic in March 2020. Uh, that's where it lowered interest rates to 0% by purchasing billions of dollars worth of bonds every single month. But when the Fed wants to slow the economy to, for example, fight elevated inflation, it aims to reduce the amount of money in circulation by halting its bond purchases and raising interest rates to make debt a little less appealing. Because the Fed was increasing rates, mortgage rates were also increasing. And mortgage rates were in the threes, like Reed talked about, mm -hmm. right before this shift happened. But within a, within a four-week time period, they increased the most they have in 40 years. And they more than doubled in that four-week time frame. And the impact on the housing market wasn't immediate, but did start to happen in April. We noticed things not selling as quickly. And this is odd because traditionally the spring is the most competitive season. So to see a slowdown then was very atypical. As the news spread about rates, buyers began to pull back when they realized that what they used to be able to afford just wasn't true anymore. And we really saw a different market start to take shape in May and June. By June, the months of supply was up to 1.4 months supply. And the percentage over the asking price was actually just breaking right at 100%. Whereas in May, it had been at 107.6%. Mm -hmm. So it really started to back buyers started to uh, not make as many competitive offers because they didn't necessarily mean to need to and uh, and we definitely started to feel this and we started writing so every month on instagram we show stats mm -hmm. and we have a little you know like our own opinion on what we're seeing and in april i look back at this and even though the stats weren't showing it yet, we were feeling it and seeing it on, on the ground because the stats are always at least 30 days, sometimes about 60 days behind. And so we were really starting to see this happening in April. Um, and, and we talked about it right there on our Instagram post. So Yeah. And then July through October, we really did start to see the market shift due to these higher interest rates and shift to be at least more in the favor of buyers. So rates just increased so quickly that it really did shock the market and there weren't as many buyers or sellers July through October. And we saw days on the market go from just six days in July to 14 days in September. Yeah. And a lot of almost all listings sort of dropped that offer review date as well during this, this shift in the market. 
median price also went down from 850,000 in July to 800,000 in September with sellers becoming a bit more realistic and just being a little bit more willing to negotiate on price, having seen that the market has has shifted a little bit out of their favor. Buyers just had way more power than they've had in years, and we were able to do inspection periods, get credits for buyers, keep in contingencies that were needing to be waived during the competitive market, and just have a more buyer-friendly contract uh, when it came down to the terms of, of the contract. So... That was definitely a very noticeable shift uh, as somebody who works a lot with buyers. Mm -hmm. And the amount of transactions was lower than previous years. But since we're still lacking so much supply, it wasn't down all that much, but but lower than it has been previously in these sort of fall months. Yep. And that kind of brings us to the kind of October to end of the year time frame and that's really mm -hmm. when things started to even out that's kind of what we referred to this time frame as yeah um in october november that's when mortgage rates hit the highest they were over seven percent um they kind of would you know they jump every single day they move around and there were a few times where they were definitely over seven percent um they also went down into the sixes, but they were generally like at least six and a half to 7% in, you know, October, November. Mm -hmm. They started to trickle down even lower by the end of December. Um, but this was really where sellers understood that they needed to be willing to negotiate with buyers. If they wanted to sell their house, they needed to be more open-minded and price their house correctly from the get-go. Um, they needed to make the house look as nice as possible, which they always should have been doing, but many sellers yeah. were just kind of putting any and everything out there on the market to get it sold. Mm -hmm. And often buyers were overlooking things and they were willing to pay for that. But that just wasn't the case anymore at this point. The house needed yeah. to look good, needed to be priced right in order for it to sell at all. Um, this is where we started to see days on market really tick up and the median sale price dropped to around 800,000. Yeah. This was also where lenders started offering interest rate programs, something like the two one buy down, which episode 83, we went super deep in depth on this, on what a two one buy down is. I'll give you a super quick synopsis just so you understand what we're talking about. So you can kind of wrap your head around what happened at this time, but because interest rates were so high, buyers, I mean, when interest rates are higher, your monthly payment is higher and what yeah. you can afford is decreased um, purchase price wise, like the actual cost, cost of the home. And so lenders started offering programs like a 2-1 temporary rate buy down. And for the first year, the interest rate is decreased by two percentage points. So if it was 7%, Initially, for that first year, it dropped down to 5%, which the monthly payment on a 5% versus a 7% mortgage is drastic, can make yeah. $1,000 plus difference. The second year, the interest rate is dropped down by 1%. So if it was, again, 7%, it would drop down that second year to 6%. The reason that people and lenders were doing this is because the common thought was that interest rates will be lower by the end of kind of 2023. Mm -hmm. And we just need to buy ourselves some time affordability wise, monthly payment wise, until rates do drop. 
when you can then refinance your loan and get that lower rate, hopefully below 6%, maybe in the fives. Um, I personally, this I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't think in our lifetime we will ever see rates again in the threes. Yeah. I just, it had never really happened before and I don't think it's ever really going to happen again. Mm -hmm. So um, for anyone that thinks that, you know, you're going to wait until rates come back down, forget about threes. If they're in the fours, that's insane. I, I think mm -hmm. that's even kind of crazy and maybe far-fetched. I don't really know. Um, I think fives is like very realistic for, yeah. for your, for your interest rate. So um, to continue this kind of October, November, December timeframe, this is always the slowest time of year, no matter mm -hmm. what for the Seattle area. I mean, we have four hours of daylight. It seems like yeah, it's rainy, it's snowy, there's ice storms, like no one wants to move and it's the holidays. And if you've decorated it all, you don't want to move no. um, during that time frame. So generally every single year, this is always the month that has the least number of transactions. And that's really what we saw here as well. So that kind of ended that. So let's kind of go over what happened overall from start to beginning in the Seattle area. So according to Case Schiller, the year over year appreciation for Seattle was four and a half percent. That's taking into account that crazy February to March jump of $110,000 of equity in one month. Mm -hmm. um, but that end with prices kind of coming down from that peak of 875 to ending the year at about 800,000. Uh, mm -hmm. We still were up about four and a half percent. So still not a bad year, especially if you were able to buy uh, after the market started to normalize a little bit more with the shift. Um, I think those buyers are going to be sitting pretty and they're going to be mm -hmm. pretty happy with their with their purchase. Mortgage rates now are hovering around six percent, give or take. Some days they're you know getting closer to that six and a half percent. Some days they're in the high fives. Uh, it just kind of depends on what economic news has come out and what's going on with the economy. Uh, months of supply, that's up to 1.6 months of supply. And one funny thing is that when we were looking up these stats, these are very, very similar to what was happening in 2019. Yeah, surprisingly I, so. Yeah. And I know that seems like a lifetime ago, but that's really, I mean, it's January of 2023 right now 2019 is i guess technically four years but really like just over three years away that wasn't that long ago and no. that's the market that we're kind of in right now is really that 2019 market we had a similar number of months of supply of homes available homes were selling for a little bit under the asking price just like they are today the only difference is then Rates were in the 4% range. Now they're in the, you know, high five, 6% range. So mm -hmm. that's that's really the only difference. But to look back and go, oh, well, this isn't that abnormal. This isn't that crazy. It was only 2019 when we saw very, very, very similar market. Absolutely. So I want to just close out by talking very briefly about the real estate market nationally to put those Seattle numbers you just gave us into a little bit of perspective. So... Even though the news is very focused on housing crashes and decreases, nationally, home appreciation was still up 6% from a year ago. 
the median existing home sales price was $379,100 in October, which is up 6.6% from a year ago, but down from the record high of the year, $413,800 in June. And this is all from the National Association of Realtors. So while they did take a dip, we're still up about 6%. And speaking of headlines that came out even just last week was from the Seattle Times. And the headline was, Seattle home prices falling twice as fast as the rest of the U.S. And I was like, wow, that's an attention-grabbing headline. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. I don't feel like that's actually happening. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not the feeling I'm having at all. And generally, with our boots on the ground and doing this every single day, you'd think I would notice that. Yeah. Here's the true numbers. Prices fell 0.5% from September the fourth consecutive monthly decline for in a seasonally adjusted measure of home prices in 20 large major cities. Seattle dropped 1%. Ah. <laughs> of course. So the nation in general fell 0.5%. And the headline's not wrong. We did double that all the way to 1%. So look at us go. Yeah. Scary times, guys. They <laughs> dropped 1% in one month, the slowest month in general on year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you see headlines, read the actual article, think about it, use your brain. Uh, these headlines often are somewhat, if not very, misleading. Um, so yeah, so just pay attention to that. I guess in general... It's been a crazy year. There was a lot of change and the market made some big shifts this, this year. Um, I, and I know now you're wondering what the heck is going to happen in 2023. And like I said at the beginning, just wait two weeks from now on Thursday, we are going to release our annual market predictions for 2023. And again, in that episode, every single year, we always kind of try and find as many expert predictions as possible. We package them all up neatly. We go over them and then you, we give you our predictions on top of that. So it's kind of the one-stop shop for understanding what the experts are, quote unquote, experts are, are saying is going to happen. Um, That's right. And if you ever have questions, please do reach out to us either over email or Instagram or wherever you'd like to. Yeah. Our phone numbers are all on the website as well. Feel free to just mm -hmm. text us. Like we are happy to chat. We do not charge anything to talk with you. Um, we are an open book and, and want to help you out. So we always have home buyer classes. So if you're thinking if, you know, home buying does make sense, or maybe you want to dig into these stats a little bit more, we do that in our one hour long home buyer classes. They are every month in January. We actually have two home buyer classes in February. We have at least one. I think we're potentially doing two in February, mm -hmm. um, but we have classes all the time. All you have to do is go to beersandhomebuying.com. That's beer as in the alcoholic beverage, beers mm -hmm. with an S and homebuying.com. Uh, the classes are totally free. They're an hour long. We give you free beer. Some of the venues, we include food. And it's just a super laid back introduction to understanding the market, understanding how the home buying process works. And most people walk away from that going, oh, well, and we hear this all the time. Like, oh, that's 
I came in thinking this was all scary and I was really nervous. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe this was going to be like a timeshare presentation. It is not. Yeah. There's nothing like that at all. We just teach for an hour. And by the end, you're going to have a much clearer idea of what's happening and, and if this even makes sense for you. They're very, very laid back classes, like I said, and, uh, and no pressure whatsoever. So if you are interested, just go to the website. You can always sign up there. Um, and that's it. It was a crazy year. We definitely helped a lot of buyers and sellers navigate throughout this year. Um, we helped numerous sellers really determine what they should do to prep their house and what, more importantly, what not to do yeah. uh, to prep their house. We had one seller in particular where, you know, they were thinking of doing a full on remodel and spending, you know, almost a hundred thousand dollars on this big remodel. And when we ran the numbers, it didn't make sense. It actually made sense, made more financial sense to not do that. And instead just do paint and scrape the popcorn ceilings and clean the carpets and come on the market. And they yep. made more money doing that than spending all that money and time and effort into a big remodel because they would have at the end of the day netted less money. So yeah, absolutely, lean on us for those expert tips and advice. That's what we're here for. Um, and that's it for this year. I am super excited about our predictions episode. Me that's too. always one of the best ones. And Reed, thank you so much for, for joining and sharing your awesome knowledge on the podcast. Absolutely. Stay tuned for those predictions in two weeks. Awesome. We'll see you then.